It is a critical deadline. It's the December 31st this year that Revenue New South Wales is sending correspondence and alerting trustees of discretionary trust. You are listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to run and grow your firm. Welcome to another update of Text Talks, update number 24. This is Heidi Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. On the 24th of June this year, the New South Wales State Revenue Legislation Further Amendment Act 2020 received assent. This Amendment Act changed three things in New South Wales. It made amendments to the 97th Duties Act, so about the stamp duty you pay, and the 1956 Land Tax Act, as well as the Land Tax Management Act, so about the land tax you pay. So it changed the stamp duty and the land tax you pay. And it is the effect of these amendments on discretionary trusts with residential property in New South Wales that we will talk about today. And we had to make it an update and not a regular episode because the matter is urgent. You only have until 31st of December this year to make sure that your clients with discretionary trusts holding residential property in New South Wales don't end up with a foreign trust by default. So in this update, Emily Pritchard of Access will tell you what needs to happen before 31st of December and why to make sure that discretionary trusts don't start paying surcharge stamp duty and land tax on their residential property in New South Wales as a foreign trust. It's very good. And I have to admit to you, when we spoke about it six months ago, mm. I was a little bit like a 10-year-old who was told to brush their teeth. You know, I was a little bit mm. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I kind of didn't think it would affect me because all my clients are Australian residents for tax purposes. Mm. And I thought it didn't affect me. But then I thought, hold on a minute, some of the trusts on property and some of the uh, beneficiaries of these trusts have lived overseas in the past. So who, mm. who is to say that, that they won't move overseas again? So then we could have an issue. Basically, when I read your notes, I basically mm. took the conclusion, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I basically mm. took the conclusion that any trust that holds property should amend their trust deed, even if at the moment there are no travel bans, no travel, yes, there are travel bans, <laughs> but even though there are no travel plans, there are no plans to relocate to another country, etc. Even The reality is, unless the trust excludes foreign persons, it's going to be treated as foreign. That's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the actually, default position now. They will treat a discretionary trust as foreign unless it does these things. Oh, really? Even so there's even no worse. foreign beneficiaries, even if you can show that foreign people never got distributions. I see. So it's even worse than I thought. Mm. I thought it's just a potential issue, meaning that unless you change your trust deed, you basically can't leave Australia because otherwise you immediately attract the surcharges. Well, like a foreign, saying, a foreign um, tax resident, is diff- a foreign person for this, an Australian citizen will never be foreign for the purposes of this legislation. Oh, really? So even if an Australian citizen goes overseas, they're not foreign. So that's good. But the the reality is, unless you have these things in your trustee, they're going to assess it as foreign. Okay. So even Mm. if I say all my trust beneficiaries are Australian citizens, the conclusion to say, hence, I don't need to worry about it is wrong. Because any trust that doesn't have this exclusion in the uh, trust deed is treated as as a foreign trust. 
That's right. So basically this new legislation says that a discretionary trust will be treated as foreign unless it prevents foreign persons from being beneficiaries and then it tells you how it has how you have to do that how you have to prevent foreign persons from being beneficiaries so unless yeah. you do those things it will be treated as foreign yeah so this is huge because mm. this basically now is relevant for any trust in australia that holds property oh, well, well this is resident what we're talking about with this and the, the one that's got this deadline is residential property in New South Wales. So it's discretionary yeah. trust and it's residential property in New South Wales. That's the yes. big one with this critical deadline. But there is these surcharges now. I think every state and territory except maybe the Northern Territory has at least a surcharge land tax or duty and most have both. So basically, let's say a trust doesn't hold residential property, doesn't amend its trust deed, but then after the 31st of December buys residential property, can they then still, before they buy the property, can they still amend their trust deed? And I can imagine it's yes. The deadline for the 31st of December is really only for properties that have already been acquired in the past, correct? The 31st of December is the the land tax day in New South Wales. So if you already own property, that's why practically that is the critical deadline for this year. Obviously, if you don't buy property for another five years in your discretionary trust. The practical approach would be so long as by the time it is assessed for land tax or assessed for duty on the acquisition, it does those things, then how could it possibly be assessed at surcharge rates? I agree with you. So if you don't hold property in your trust yet, you can amend your trust deed later as long as you amend it before you buy a property. Yeah, I think the critical point in time is going to be when a purchase is made and then subsequently when land tax assessments are made, they're the times they're going to be looking at the trustee to see if it complies. So really by the time the acquisition is made and by the time the land tax assessment is being made each year, that's the critical point in time that the, the trustee needs to prevent foreign persons. Good. So now we jump straight in. Let's take a step back and start from the <laughs> beginning. Our listeners have probably lost us a long time ago. Yes. Yeah, no, we'll go back to the beginnings. What we're essentially talking about is whether discretionary trusts that own residential property in New South Wales will be assessed at surcharge rates of duty when they acquire the property or surcharge rates of land tax when they're assessed for land tax each year. Yes, we yes. know that, that those rates currently sit at 2% for land tax and 8% for surcharge purchase of duty. And remember, that's in addition to the standard rates. So if you look at a million dollar property, that's an extra $80,000 in purchase of duty if the, yes. if the trust is treated as foreign. It's 8%. So it's an additional 8%. 8 it's 80,000. And then the land tax, of course, is based on the land tax value, which is on the land tax valuation, which, of course, is different to the acquisition cost. It'd be an additional 2% of whatever that is. Yeah. So stamp duty and land tax actually apply to different values. Stamp yes, duty yes they could, the, the land tax could arguably vary year to year. And it's 8% of the actual acquisition cost. It's not mm, an additional 8% top of standard rates. Yeah, because originally I was wondering, oh, maybe it's just 8% of the uh, stamp duty, but no, it's 8% of the original acquisition mm. price. So that's yes, it's that, it's that surcharge rate of the actual duty. Have you seen this already having an effect on foreign purchases? 
Well, it's probably difficult uh, to decide what the market is doing, isn't it? So, yes, we are already seeing clients impacted by this. And the way that we're seeing them impacted by this at the moment is a series of letters that landholding trusts are receiving from Revenue New South Wales, advising them that they need to do various things, including re-declare the trust's position in terms of whether or not it's foreign and whether it should be assessed at those rates and submit trustees and deed amendments as evidence of the things they're declaring. So we've had quite a number of clients already receiving these letters from Revenue New South Wales. So these are mm. current landowners, but of That's course it's, right. diff- it's difficult to tell whether these surcharges stop foreign persons to acquire land in in, in Australia, in New South Wales. We're talking about New South Wales. Yes, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're talking about discretionary trusts and residential property in New South Wales. In terms of land tax, they call it residential land. In terms of purchaser duty, they call it residential related property, but that is essentially, with some variations, what you'd think when you think residential. So so the, the surcharges apply to residential property in New South Wales. Okay, so it's 8% stamp duty. And do you mind if I say stamp duty and not surcharge purchaser duty? So Yeah, I think technically they, it is purchaser duty down there, but I think everyone knows when, when we just say duty, even everyone knows what we're talking about. So mm. it's 8% additional duty right. on the acquisition price, and then it's <laughs> an additional 2% surcharge on the land tax value. Mm-hmm. Correct. Good. And so now the question is, how can we avoid that? If you are an individual, then you mm-hmm. basically can't avoid it. The only way you can avoid it is by moving back to Australia. and not being Well, it's a question of fact, isn't it, with an individual? You're either considered foreign in terms of legislation or you're not. Exactly. And it's the same quite simple. Com- yes. And with companies, it's not simple, but it's also a question of fact. The person... Mm holding the majority of shares, you know, there are clear rules and the person holding this percentage of shares is either foreign or not foreign. And so it's also a question of fact, correct? Correct. Yeah, much simpler with individuals and certainly companies and, and unit trusts even, because it's a question of fact in a unit trust, whether the unit holders are foreign or not. Yes. And whether, you know, whether they reach that substantial interest test. Mm. Whereas now with discretionary trusts, it's a question of fact, but it's also a question of paperwork. Because of what the deed is saying. That's right. So obviously in your discretionary trust, there is many, generally, many potential beneficiaries, aunts, uncles, cousins, parents, and the like, as well as companies' trusts and things and things like that. So it's far more difficult, I guess, to ascertain with certainty whether or not that entity is foreign. And that's what this new legislation, I guess, essentially clarifies for us. It tells us that the trustee of a discretionary trust will be treated as foreign and will be assessed at those surcharge rates of duty and land tax regarding residential property that the trust holds in New South Wales, unless the trust prevents a foreign person from being a beneficiary. So the default position there, I guess, as you like, is that the discretionary trust will be treated and assessed as foreign unless it prevents foreign persons from being beneficiaries. So the State Revenue Legislation Further Amendment Act of this year, it received royal assent in June 2020, essentially amends the New South Wales Duties Act and Land Tax Acts. And and, and in essence, what it tells us is that the trustee of a discretionary trust will be treated as foreign unless it prevents a foreign person from being a beneficiary of the trust. And in order to do that, it needs to satisfy two requirements. The first requirement is that no potential beneficiary of the trust is a foreign person. So the no foreign beneficiary requirement, we call that. The second requirement is that the terms of the trust aren't capable of amendment in any matter that would result in there being 
a foreign person as a potential beneficiary of the trust, so the no amendment requirement. So what the legislation essentially tells us is that if a trust satisfies both of those requirements, it won't be considered foreign and it won't be assessed at those surcharge rates. And so that's why we need this update and why this is super urgent, because it basically means that any trust that holds residential property in New South Wales needs to amend its trust deed before the 31st of December to avoid being classified as a foreign trust. That's exactly right. So discretionary trustees that comply with both of those requirements before the 31st of December this year won't be assessed at surcharge rates of land tax. But there are also refunds available for discretionary trusts that have previously paid surcharge amounts in previous years. So maybe surcharge purchase duty when they acquired the trust acquired the property or surcharge land tax in previous years. And again, the new legislation tells us that if discretionary trust deeds are amended to comply with those two requirements, the no foreign beneficiary requirement and the no amendment requirement, before the 31st of December this year, then they are eligible to apply for refunds of already paid surcharge duty and land tax. Have you seen a lot of trusts paying the surcharge who are now eligible for a refund? I, th I think there's a combination. I do think there is still plenty of people out there who maybe thought, no one that we've ever distributed to from this trust is a foreign person, so we're okay. Yes, or I thought, that, I thought yeah, that for a long time. Yeah, and I think you, I certainly think you're not alone. Uh, so I think there's plenty of people out there who don't appreciate that the position that the trust will essentially default to being foreign unless the trust deed complies with those requirements. It's not a case of saying to Revenue New South Wales, but my primary beneficiaries aren't foreign or we have never distributed to foreign persons and we never will. That's not sufficient. They're saying it will be foreign and it will default to foreign assessment unless the trustee meets those requirements by the 31st of December this year. So this is this is huge. I think it will mean that a lot of trustees need to change. I think I do think you're right. Access has probably done close to, if not probably more now than a thousand of these amendments already. Uh, we are seeing an increase on a day-by-day -day basis at the moment in terms of clients calling because they've received correspondence from Revenue New South Wales giving them a heads up and they're wondering what they need to do if it applies to them. There's still some of those misconceptions out there about, but we're never going to distribute to foreigners, so aren't we okay? That kind of thing. So there's definitely a lot of talk about it at the moment. And I imagine that will only get become increase in the coming months. If a trust already holds an access trust deed, I can imagine... Mm then it's quite straightforward for you because you know this trust deed because a trust deed is basically like a story. You can write it in any, in any way you like. So if it's an excess trust deed, I can imagine it's quite straightforward for you because you know exactly what it says and which paragraph needs to change. But if it's an older trust deed or a trust deed that hasn't been drafted by you, I can imagine then it gets very tedious or actually you just... The amendment is basically a separate document, so you don't need to actually go into the trust deed as, as such. But I think you still need to read it because you need to link back to the definitions of terms, etc., yes. in the trust deed, correct? And you need to, we absolutely are looking at um, the original trust deed and any previous amendments that may have been made. We need to know that we're carrying out this amendment for foreign persons. We need to know that we're doing that in accordance with a valid amendment power for starters. So we need to check who has the power to amend. Is it broad enough to allow us to do what we intend to do? Are there restrictions on it already that might impact what, we, what we're trying to do? So 
whilst it is simpler to do it to an access deed, of course, because we know those deeds inside out, we still go and look at each and every one of them. The reality is this legislation was only first in introduced in October of 2019. So any access deeds prior to that aren't going to comply with the current requirements because it, they didn't exist and we didn't even know about them. So we are still picking up each and every deed we amend, even if it is an access deed, we need to know when it was prepared, how it was prepared, whether it defines foreign persons already, or whether it might be from 2010 before these foreign person surcharges were relevant. And so it has no reference to foreign persons, but you're right that it's even more so, there's an even bigger requirement, I guess, for investigation on non-access deeds. But in all instances, we are looking at, at everything from the original trust deed and right through all the amendments, just to make sure everything we're doing um, is in order. Could you just basically rewrite the whole trust deed? So rather than having a piecemeal of this amendment and that amendment, could you just basically make one huge amendment that just comes with a modern, clear trust deed? You could. It, that's certainly the approach that many providers, including ourselves, take when it comes to governing rules for super, self-managed superannuation funds. We don't take that approach when it comes to trusts. Our view is that the deed establishing the trust is incredibly important. We don't want to ever prepare an amendment that increases a client's risk of resettlement. Essentially, we don't completely um, replace a trust deed for a trust because we don't. We just don't see the need to increase a risk of anything, including resettlement for our clients, unnecessarily. So what we would do when preparing these amendments is make sure we've got a broad enough amendment power, look at the provisions we're touching and, and only touch and amend those we need to, leaving the, rem the remainder of them in, in place. So you just amend the paragraphs that need amending and you leave the rest of the house standing the way it is. That's right. Now, we have only spoken about New South Wales. I understand that Queensland and Victoria have similar rules. I think just the definition of beneficiary is different. I think in, in Queensland, you have the very generous definition of just a, a default beneficiary. I think Queensland, Queensland um, surcharges flow from who the default beneficiaries of the trust are, if the trust owns property in Queensland. In Victoria, it varies. Its criteria vary slightly between surcharge land tax and surcharge duty. For one, they look at specified beneficiaries of the trust, so named beneficiaries. For the other, they look at any potential beneficiary of the trust. So similar to what we're looking at in New South Wales, any potential beneficiary of the trust would be sufficient to cause it to be assessed at surcharge rates. Yes. And do Queensland and Victoria also have this deadline of 31st of December this year? Not in this manner. This deadline for New South Wales has come about because of this recent legislative change. So that's why it's got this deadline there for land tax assessment this year and also the deadline for amendment to apply for refunds from previously paid years of surcharge. Yes. Uh, so in Queensland and Victoria, they obviously have their annual land tax date. I believe it's June 30 up here. I'm not actually sure what it is for Victoria, but it's not this critical deadline like it is for New South Wales this year. Yes, but the legislation is through in Queensland and Victoria, correct? Yes, yeah. Uh, from 2016, I believe, in Victoria, they've had surcharges of some sort in place. So they certainly have them. But the critical deadline here for New South Wales is because of the legislative change that's come about this year. I see. Okay, good. So the mm. deadline applies only to New South Wales, but the issue is the same in Queensland and Victoria as it is in New South Wales, that you need to somehow prevent 
the trust of being deemed to be a foreign trust. And you do that by amending your trust deed to make sure that no foreign beneficiary is a potential or default or nominated or specified beneficiary. Yes. So what we, what we do for New South Wales is if there's no desire to distribute to foreign persons, we can prepare an amendment that satisfies those two requirements so that no potential beneficiary of the trust is a foreign person and the trust isn't capable of amendment in any manner that would allow any potential beneficiary of the trust to be a foreign person. Mm -hmm. So we prepare an amendment to satisfy those two requirements. Sorry to be slow on the uptake. This whole rush to amend is only New South Wales. So for Queensland and Victoria, this rush to amend has already happened in the past or is still happening but is not happening at the moment? It's still happening. We st I still prepare maybe amendments to exclude foreign persons for the purposes of, you know, surcharges in Victoria maybe for a discretionary trust that owns Victorian property. Uh, we still do those quite regularly, but this real rush of is in relation to New South Wales. So we certainly prepare amendments um, regularly for the purposes of excluding foreign persons for discretionary trusts that hold, hold property in other states and territories. But the real rush and the real critical deadline at the moment that we're trying to make our clients aware of is in relation to discretionary trusts that hold residential property in New South Wales and whether those trust deeds need to be amended before the 31st of December this year. The other really important thing to consider when we're talking about whether trusts are going to be assessed at surcharge rates of purchase of duty and land tax is to consider situations where a discretionary trust might not own the property itself, but it might own units in a unit trust that owns the property, or it might own shares in a company that owns the property. Now, depending on how many units or shares that discretionary trust holds, if it doesn't exclude foreign persons, it will be considered a foreign trust and it could cause that unit trust or that company to be assessed at surcharge rates. So I think it's important for people to also look at trustees. So of course, it's important to look at trustees of discretionary trusts that actually hold the residential property in New South Wales, but also have a look at discretionary trustees for trusts that might own units in a unit trust or shares in a company or have indirect interests in property and whether they could cause other entities to be assessed at surcharge rates and they might need amendment as well. So you have the land owned by a company and uh -huh. then the company is owned by a trust. And so then this trust still needs an amendment to its trust deed because it indirectly owns residential land in New South Wales. Yeah. So if you're looking at maybe, did you say discretionary trust that owns the shares in a company and the yes. company owns the property? If it's the only shareholder, then it's it's most likely going to cause that company to be assessed at surcharge rates. If you've got multiple shareholders, it still could cause the company to be assessed at surcharge rates depending on its interest. But if it has a substantial interest, then it would cause the company to be assessed as a foreign landholder. So you may need to amend discretionary trusts. Uh, you may need to amend discretionary trust deeds for trusts that indirectly have interests in property. So they don't cause those other entities to be assessed at foreign rates. So while it's actually the trust that's triggering the issue, it's actually then the company that gets hit with a foreign surcharge. That's right. So if a company owns land, we need to look at who the shareholders are in order to determine whether that company will be considered foreign. If a unit trust owns land, we need to look at who the unit holders are yes. to determine whether the unit tr trust will be considered foreign. And if individuals or companies or unit trusts own the shares 
then it's just a question of fact. But if a discretionary trust owns the shares, then you need to look at a, the fact who are the beneficiaries, but you also need to look at the uh, trust deed. Yeah, and we know that they will. the discretionary trust will essentially default to being foreign unless it prevents foreign persons from being beneficiaries. I have one last question for you, and then sure. have you ever come across a trust that says, no, we don't want to amend. We do want to distribute to foreign beneficiaries. And so therefore we will pay the surcharges. Have you ever heard Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes, we do. Oh, really? it's, certainly, it's certainly not the standard. The vast majority of our clients are not in that boat, but definitely there are some. The surcharges are quite acceptable to them because they want the flexibility to distribute to foreign persons. Is it usually certain areas of the, the world where this is more attractive? So, for example, to countries that have high corruption? Or well, I couldn't I tell you if I'm honest. I probably have never dug that deep. But I definitely do know that we have um, clients from time to time who say, no, it's quite acceptable to us that we pay those surcharges because we do not want to exclude foreign persons. We need to be able to distribute to them. I hadn't expected that, but it's, it's good that you <laughs> Like I said... That's absolutely not the norm that by far the minority are in that situation um, based on my experience and, and the majority want to have their deeds amended to exclude. What I would probably say is that it is a critical deadline. It's the December 31st this year. We do expect to see an increase, obviously, in uh, amendments coming in, especially now that Revenue New South Wales is sending correspondence and alerting trustees of discretionary trusts. We do anticipate an increase. So I would be saying to advisors to be reviewing clients' trustees as soon as possible and getting those orders to us for amendment if they're required as soon as you can. Welcome back. After speaking to Emily, I realized that I had forgotten to ask her two questions. So I called Emily again. I completely forgot to ask you yesterday, what makes a foreign person? I remember that you said that a foreign person doesn't necessarily coincide with whether you're a resident or a non-resident for tax purposes, that it is mm. a definition. But I completely forgot to pick up on that and ask you, what is a foreign person then? That's okay. So essentially what the New South Wales Land Tax Act does is uh, adopts the definition of foreign person in the New South Wales Duties Act. And what the Duties Act does is adopt the definition of foreign person in the Foreign Acquisitions and Takeovers Act, but it modifies it. So it tells us that it uses as a starting point the definition of foreign person in the Foreign Acquisitions and Takeovers Act, and then it modifies it. And I, I, in my view anyway, the most substantial modification there is essentially that an Australian citizen will never be taken to be foreign for the purposes of these surcharges. So it modifies the definition of foreign person in the Foreign Acquisitions and Takeovers Act, uh, essentially to say that an Australian citizen will be taken to be an ordinarily resident Australian, whether or not they're currently residing in Australia. Okay. And only a citizen, not a permanent resident that is in Australia for more than 200 years, uh, for 200 days or not for 200 <laughs> days. Well, there, there are modifications. New Zealand citizens with a certain category visa would also fall within the modification, but essentially foreign person takes on that definition of foreign person in the Foreign Acquisitions and Takeovers Act and then modifies it in a number of ways. But like I said, the major one there is that the Australian citizen won't be taken to be foreign. But remember, that's just for the purposes of these surcharge rules and provisions. And then the second question I forgot to ask you is, hmm. 
Why all this fuss about residential property and not commercial property? Why is it only about residential property? The reason we, I guess, have the discussion based around residential property is because for the purposes of these surcharges in New South Wales, that is what they apply to. So the Land Tax Act says that the surcharge land tax applies to residential land owned by a foreign person. And the New South Wales Duties Act says that surcharge purchaser duty applies to a transfer of residential related property to a foreign person. So there's a slight difference, residential land and residential related property, but essentially we're limited here to residential. That's not the case in other states with these surcharges. For example, in Queensland, surcharge land tax, I believe, applies to all types of land. But surcharge duty, which is called additional foreign acquired duty in Queensland, applies to residential land. Similarly, I believe Victoria surcharge land tax applies to all types of land and duty to residential. So it's different in different states, but for New South Wales, we're essentially looking at the surcharges for residential land. Okay, good. So commercial land does attract stamp duty and Mm. also does attract land tax. It's just that for political reasons, this lever of surcharges is basically turned off or on based on how you want to sail the ship. I assume it's probably that politicians who came up with this didn't want to put another burden on businesses in their jurisdiction. Hence, they excluded commercial property, but just do it for residential property. Yeah. And look, I can't talk as to the government's um, intentions, but I suspect you might be right. I know in Queensland that currently imposes land tax on all types of land. I read some commentary or a report late last year that indicated there was an intention there for um, government to legislate to exempt some types of land. So it might be a similar political incentive there, like you've just talked about. But that's right. For whatever reason, it's residential land for these surcharges in New South Wales. After this, Emily highlighted one more important point. It is not enough to just generally exclude foreign persons. If the trustee specifically names a foreign person, you must delete the name of this foreign person from the trustee as well. But let me read Emily's exact words. She writes, The general exclusion of foreign persons is not sufficient to satisfy Revenue New South Wales if a person named as a beneficiary in the trust deed is foreign. In some circumstances, it is a requirement of Revenue New South Wales that the person's name be deleted as a named beneficiary, in addition to amending the trust deed to include the general exclusion of foreign persons. So if you look after discretionary trusts holding residential property in New South Wales, please make sure you get them amended before the 31st of December. In the next episode, episode 264, Emily will talk about common trust deed issues. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. I know sometimes you get me to just summarize bits. And what I did was a video the other day that summarized it. If you were happy to wait a second, I'll grab the wording of that because that might be a good little, you know, you sometimes use a summary. Yes. Did you want me to do that? Would that help? Let me grab that. Or do you have the audio of the video? Because that would have music and already be nice. Oh, no, it's just me. We're not as fancy as you, Heidi. Mm -hmm. We don't have music and things in ours.
So what we're essentially talking about here is whether discretionary trusts that hold residential property in New South Wales will be assessed at surcharge rates of duty and land tax. We know that those surcharge rates currently sit at 8% for purchaser duty and 2% for land tax. And remember that they are in addition to the standard rates. Trustees of discretionary trusts that are foreign persons or foreign trustees will be assessed at those surcharge rates. But the question is, how do we know if the trustee of a discretionary trust will be treated as foreign or not? The new legislation passed in June of this year tells us that the trustee of a discretionary trust is taken to be foreign unless the trust prevents foreign persons from being beneficiaries. So the default position, if you like, is that discretionary trusts will be treated as foreign and assessed at those surcharge rates unless the trust prevents foreign persons from being beneficiaries. And to do that sufficiently, there are two requirements and they must both be satisfied. They are that no potential beneficiary of the trust is a foreign person and that the terms of the trust can't be amended in, a, in any way that would result in there being a potential beneficiary of the trust who's a foreign person. Discretionary trust deeds that comply with both of those requirements by December 31st, 2020, will be exempt from those surcharge rates of duty and land tax. So definitely if there's no desire for a trust holding residential property in New South Wales to distribute to foreign persons, an amendment to satisfy both of those requirements should definitely be considered. There are a couple of other, I guess, important notes to make in this regard, and that is that the scope is potentially wider than just discretionary trusts owning the property. Don't forget to have a look at unit trusts or companies that own property that have discretionary trust unit holders or shareholders. If they don't prevent foreign persons, those discretionary trust unit holders and shareholders from being beneficiaries, they may cause the land holding entities, the unit trust or the company to be assessed at surcharge rates. Another really important note is that refunds are available. So if a trustee has already paid surcharge purchaser duty or land tax in previous years in New South Wales, they can apply for refunds of those surcharge amounts. But again, only if the trust satisfies those requirements by the 31st of December this year. That was my little spiel. So that might help. That's kind awesome. of a little summary. 